Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Tea on Parenting. My name is Crystal Beko, and I'm here with... Camilla Kebrani. And in studio today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Novishi Akutu from Platinum Dental Clinic. Now, Platinum Dental Clinic is my family's absolute favorite dental clinic. And when I say that, I mean it because my entire family, from grandma, great-grandma, to down to my the youngest... Um, child is there, including myself, and I must say that the environment is conducive for everyone, especially the kids feel so at home when they're there. They have their little playground, they have like, you know, all these cartoons they can watch. They don't even, they, they ask me to go to the dentist, which is very, very, um, as you know, very difficult to get any child to get out there. So thank you, Platinum Dental, for making that possible for us. We love you guys. <laughs> Please introduce yourself um, to the audience. So I'm Dr. Novishi Akutu and um, I'm the clinical lead at Platinum Dental, which has been in operation for approximately 10 years. So we're just approaching our 10th anniversary. Thank you so much. Um, but currently, the very interesting thing is that I am also an official parent and a limp. Welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a 20-month-old, um, so now the really interesting thing is looking at how all the information and the instructions that have been given to parents over all these years, how many of it I'm actually able to apply. So I think that this, this podcast is going to be about reality um, on the ground rather than theory. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think you're going to learn a lot from us today because I do think that dentists are in their own bubble of understanding of what challenges we go through. I mean, getting your kids out of the house every morning and explaining the whole truth, it's like, it's insane. It's challenging. It's like pulling your teeth out or your hair out. And it's like, why do we have to brush our teeth? So it must be said that many of our explorers' parents are at Platinum Dental Clinic under the care of Dr. Akutu. And under the under Dr. Akutu's care, the school has also uh, has has the clinic come to visit very often. And we've learned how to get our children to brush their teeth at school. So right after a first snack, when you know sugary snacks tend to be the normal, we brush our teeth. Um, and this has helped us a lot, Dr. Akutu, so thank you for that. Um, what we know is that good oral hygiene is something that is habitual and that when those habits are nurtured at a very young age, uh, they will flow into adolescence and adulthood. Um, and that is because also uh, young children um, do have, it, it's preventable. All the problems which we see as adults and adolescents are very much preventable. Um, and that's something I've learned from you, Dr. Kutu. Yeah, so, you know, you need to just be aware that you know, there's, there's so much information and so much knowledge out there that, you know, 95% of dental problems are now easily preventable. Mm -hmm. So we need to be going for that prevention rather than cure and getting those things in early. How do we begin introducing toothbrushing to our little ones? So for me, I think that the key word that you're going to hear is start early and be consistent. And when we talk about consistency, this is a real bugbear of mine. When are you going to brush in the morning? Are you doing it before they actually shower, after they shower, before breakfast, after breakfast? You need to pick a time and actually stick to it. Now, the textbooks will tell you that the ideal 
is to brush straight after breakfast. And we do mean straight, literally within five minutes. And the reason for that is that you don't want the food to have started to dissolve the enamel and then brush, because then you're brushing away enamel, which is what you're trying to protect. So if you can't get it done within five minutes, then it's fine to do the brushing before. But you need to find that time, and it needs to be consistent. So in a study from Oral-B, 71% of British parents, and I want to slip, slip and slide in here that it's not just British parents, they say that sometimes they just give up the battle just to avoid tantrums. What is your experience like dealing with negative attitude from children as a dentist? So I think that when it comes to brushing, it's, it's about making that routine happen. And then it's also about introducing fun. So let's not get so rigid about it. If you're a language when you're listening to this, you're having three opportunities to get those teeth clean. So let's not be so draconian that we feel that we have to brush every single tooth all of the three times. What you'll find is that you need to introduce fun. So they will put the toothbrush in, they will bite on it, and they tend to like brushing the front teeth. So I have to admit that when I have to input, and they should be having supervised brushing till at least the age of eight, I'm only interested in two things, getting to the top surfaces of the back teeth and getting behind the front teeth. Because the rest of the actual areas of the teeth, even the little ones, are pretty good at getting to. Yes, I remember Sahil, both Sahil and Reina, I think it was because Reina watched Sahil, uh, they had to brush my teeth while I was brushing theirs. That was the deal. So you would find us all on the bathroom floor with, brush, with uh, toothbrushes all over the place. And let me tell you, I think I had some holes in my in my mouth because theirs was vigorous. vigorous. Yeah, and so, and so this concept is really important, the whole family thing. So it should be family and it should be fun because they are into mimicking. If they never see you brush your teeth, they are less likely to. We also need to be realistic about something in Ghana, which is the amount of toothbrushing that are being done by nannies. And we are all living busy lives. And at some stage, that is going to happen, and that may even be the norm. So now you need to introduce what's important to you, to your nanny. So if we know that in Ghana, less than one in five people brush twice a day, and that the evening brush is the time that is least likely to happen, unless you can change that for your nanny, rest assured that your child is only having their morning brush and then the length brushing. Whereas it's the evening brush which is the most important. So if we were going to even miss morning and end lunch, that's okay. But the evening brush is the one that is imperative. Now, um, I think one of the first times that we experienced, like I would say, a revolutionary toothbrushing moment for in our family was when we had the parents that when you, um, that platinum that platinum dental came to little explorers and used showed us that blue what is that thing that disclosing tablets the disclosing tablets and even we used it after you know brushing our teeth and we realized how we had missed a lot of areas in our it's mouth it was fantastic so i want to go into how camilla this is for you how do you think we can equip children with the knowledge in a way that is fun and educational so i know exactly what dr kutu said is that the association between toothbrushing for, for me 
what my children tell me is that the association between the night brushing and going to bed as a result being separated from mom and dad um, tends to be quite sad. So they don't want to go through the routine of bedtime because if they go through the bedtime routine, it means now bedtime. So I love what you just said, Dr. Putu, is, is following it up with something fun. So for example, if the toothbrushing I find on, in a practical way is followed by the story time, then we really want to get those teeth brush so that we can sit down and listen to an amazing story. And it's actually forming that link. So it is, let's get the toothbrush and go and pick your, your book. Yes. So that yes. they are forming that link. And rather than it being based on the actual separation, mm -hmm. it's based on the good thing of having the book being read yes. straight after. So that's what we do here. Snack, brush teeth, go, go out and play. So this is like, oh, let me get my toothbrush, let me get this done. Uh, and it sort of flows because of that. And that is really, really perfect because it's making those associations really, really early on. Then it's the fun part. So as I said, the nighttime brush is really, really crucial. Part of the reason why it's crucial though is because whatever it's now in their mouth is going to stay in their mouth for the next six to eight hours. Mm. So we'll talk about diet separately, but then you need to be leaving some toothpaste in there. So remember that, especially at a young age, they can't spit anyway. And so we are encouraging them not to spit, and but to swallow. So you have to be using age-appropriate toothpaste. Fluoride is amazing, but too much of anything is not a good thing. So you need to be looking at the age, because the age is the, of the toothpaste is determining how much fluoride is actually in there. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I find that the, the age on the toothpaste doesn't match or doesn't take away the breath that comes as they age. <laughs> so I skip up a little bit and start getting them used to that pepperminty one, you know, that. So you just need to be careful because you can still have peppermint, which is age appropriate. But the difference is that, especially in Ghana, so if you look at toothpaste like, for example, Colgate, between zero to two, it only has a thousand parts per million of fluoride. Whereas Pepsodent has 1,400 parts per million. Now you need to remember that adults can spit out. So mm. most of it is going to come out. So they need a higher dose. But almost everything you put in your child's mouth in terms of toothpaste is going to end up going down. And so Unless you've why, taught them how to spit out. Unless you've taught them how to spit out. Which we have. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so how does the mouthwash, how, how does mouth, do you think mouthwash is also a good um, not substitute, but helps also on, on the areas where they forget to brush. So mouthwash is a really interesting thing. And if you start reading the bottle, there are very few mouthwashes that are recommended for under six because they cannot spit efficiently. But the other thing about reading the labels is that it always tells you to use mouthwash at a time other than brushing. Because the mouthwash is just putting more fluoride in mint. And if you've already saturated your teeth with the toothpaste, then there's no point using the mouthwash. So, for example, um, if they were not doing brushing at school, this is where they would come back from school and then do a mouthwash without brushing. Um, but if they are brushing, mouthwashes do not tend to be that great. 
Earlier on, you mentioned about coconut, using coconut, and I was telling you about my new discovery on cloves uh-huh. and how I've been sort of using that. What about those natural substitutes? Yeah, so for our adults, there are loads of things going on. So there's a, there's a fad, which is, called co- which is called oil pulling, and the most usual oil is actually coconut oil. And people put coconut oil in their mouth and pull, and so they make it sure the coconut is going all around the teeth and between the teeth. But they pull in for approximately 20 minutes. And allegedly, it makes such a big difference to the gum and the feel of the teeth. But I jokingly said to you that if you have the discipline to oil pull, you probably have the discipline to brush twice a day for two minutes. Um, Dr. Akutu, one of the things that I'm experiencing as uh, lead teeth explorers is a negative association with dentists and dentistry. And it's really worrying because my little ones are really little. Um, and, you know, it, but I see it in the, going all the way into the primary school, this, this real fear of going to the dentist. How do we prevent, as parents and educators, this association from the very beginning? So I think that, first of all, you have to look at the dental practice that you're actually going to. Is it child-friendly? And the very interesting thing, and I'm telling you this as a dentist, just because I'm amazing with teenagers and adults, it doesn't mean that I'm that good with children. Mm. So just as you would have teachers who thrive on a certain age group, then we still find it difficult with the much younger ones. Yes. So the role of pedodontists, so these are dentists who only treat children up to 12, becomes really, really crucial. At Platinum, we're really lucky that we have two pedodontists. So every day of the week, we have a child specialist who only treats children. And if you look at how they engage with the children, they are picking up little insecurities. You notice that the child dentist always goes around the clinic before they bring the child in. And just by them seeing the child, they are picking up fears. They are picking up what it is which is motivating the actual child. The way they talk to them, they listen. So if they feel a bit of anxiety, they ask the child in a certain language and they actually listen. The really interesting thing for me is I recently had to take my my young one to be seen for a cough. And the first time I took her, she had an adult doctor look at her. A week later, I wasn't happy and I took her to a a pediatrician. And the experience was 100% different. She was under the chair, but the pediatrician didn't mind. And in the dental environment, a child who's not walking around the actual surgery, touching things, trying to press on the chair, etc., is not really within their domain. And the children's dentists realize that this is totally normal and natural. So I think that it's about the place. It's about It's about modeling. So are there other children? So we have a group of what we call star patients that their parents allow anxious kids to come and watch them have their dental work done, you know? Um, We've gone to the other extreme, and I say extreme because it's mainly for the adults, but we have TVs on the ceiling. So just for that once, we are promoting a bit of screen time if we find it helpful. We have bubbles. 
and bubbles of the little two to three year olds are amazing because they automatically open up and wander. Mm -hmm. And then we introduce puppets and getting them to do everything. So in the dental world, there's this big thing called tell, show, do. You have to tell them. You have to show them before you can do it. And does the dentist really appreciate that? The really interesting thing is that I was putting braces on a seven-year-old yesterday, and she wanted to watch. And I could see the anxiety from the mother. And I was like, no, 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 this is totally normal. They can have a mirror, they can hold, and they can be watching the actual procedure. Because if I'm talking to her, and I'm using layman's language, so we don't talk about the light, we talk about the sun, the sun goes on and off. And we don't talk about the air spray. We talk about the little blow dryer, just like mom blow dries her hair. And if you're using language that is specific to them, it really, really helps. So in my conversations with my Explorer primary children, who are ages five to nine, I'm finding that their association with, dent with their teeth with their dentist, with their dentistry clinic, is all about these doomsday scenarios where all their teeth are going to fall out if they don't look after their teeth. So it's like, we're not really talking about, you know, good healthy teeth or healthy hygiene or long-lasting teeth, you know. We're talking about the aesthetics particularly. We're talking about them all falling out and looking, sorry to say, ugly. This is what is stuck in their heads. So the, the, I find that at the primary level, this is the children that I'm having these conversations with, the association is quite negative. Yeah, and that's such a shame because the truth is that's coming from the parents. I'm guilty. I must be honest because what happened, let me tell you what happens from the parents' perspective. So we tell them to go brush their teeth and literally in like 30 seconds, they're done. So we had a lot of those things and I felt like, Maybe they're not understanding what's going to happen. So I went on Google and I Googled the teeth. What happens to your teeth when you don't brush your teeth and all the cavities? And then I saw the pictures and I went to them and I said, look what will happen to your teeth if you don't brush your teeth. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> what, what are you supposed to do? I, I did that at the same, same time. I mean, my, my children are now 27 and 24. Yeah. Bef I mean, you know, before I met Dr. Akutus in the, in the clinic 10 years ago, uh, I was pretty lost myself, you know. Now, through our association, I've learned how, how my team can approach my little ones and help. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we're not all as lucky as Dr. Akutu, where we're yeah. now a dentist and a mummy at the same time. I think, let me phrase the question. I think from that, I want to say, I want to ask, so it's not just about the aesthetic. What else is there? About, I mean, why? What was the big deal? They don't brush their teeth. So what? It turns a little bit yellow. It's their baby teeth anyway. So what is the big deal aside from aesthetics that makes brushing teeth and oral hygiene so important? It's really important because you are setting them up for the future, and you have to realize that. I'm telling you this as a dentist. The minute you have had one procedure or you've had one filling. That filling is not going to last forever. You've entered a dental cycle where the filling is only going to get bigger and bigger and break and da 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 da. So the whole thing is to stop them ever entering that actual cycle. But the main thing is that instead of showing them the pictures, you can show them disclosing tablets. But I think that there was something that was really, really important that you actually mentioned. 
you cannot tell a child younger than eight to go and brush their teeth. The brushing has to be supervised. But we are also living in a realistic world. So rather than, I, I have gone from saying it should be 100% supervised brushing to saying that supervised brushing should happen once a day and at the very least once every two days. So once every two days, somebody needs to be there supervising the actual brushing. We, we do a lot of braces and everybody's now asking, is braces just a fashion? Da, 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 da. The moment you lose a baby tooth, the chances of you needing braces is almost 100%. Hmm. So now you are bringing in other things into the scenario. Oh. And we need to remember the number of children who are put to sleep just to have teeth taken out. Now, the other thing that we're not talking about is trauma. Yes. Kids fall, they brush their teeth, they, they, they end up in problems. Now they've had no dental experience or only negative dental experiences. And we are now trying to treat something in an emergency situation. And all of that just causes a lot of stress. Now, as a parent, if you know you are not comfortable in the dental environment, don't be there. Now, I found it really interesting. My younger one had a dental appointment. You also need to be careful. If you have a very dominant personality, such that you are going to take over the surgery. It may not be a good idea for you to be in that surgery at the time that your child is being seen. So my pediatrician had hinted that she would prefer to see my little one alone. And I had taken the time of work, but I noticed that they snuck her in. I was peeping from the door, and the interaction that they were having with her was amazing. At two, she was letting them blow in her mouth, etc., etc., And that changed the minute I walked into the surgery. And that was a lesson for me that actually, I don't need to be part of that scenario and that I need to let that control happen. So the, dead, so the, the, the little children take their cues from the parents. So we need to be careful, you know, using going to the dentist or having your tooth pulled out as a threat. We don't want them to ever be having teeth taken out. Mm -hmm. And I have nephews who have had two or three teeth taken out just because of crowding and how their adult teeth were coming through. And up to now, they don't know that they had the teeth taken out. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of child dentistry, that they can be talking to the child. They, they really understand children. They're able to get procedures done. And I am a really good dentist, but I'm not able to do that on very young children. I read somewhere that um, this back in older years, so if you don't take care of your teeth very well and not good with oral hygiene, the bacteria from your teeth can literally travel through your bloodstreams, get into and affect your organs, whether it's your liver and give you some other diseases and so forth. Is this true? It is nominally true. And what do I mean by that? You have to have a predisposition. So, for example, if you've had a problem with your heart and your bowels, then your oral hygiene has to be immaculate. If you have diabetes, your oral hygiene has to be immaculate. Because, yes, bacteria will actually travel through. But, you know, the main thing about this for the little ones is establishing some of these routines with the brushing. So one of the things that I think is really, really important is that 
very few dentists brush their children's teeth standing up. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we never brush their teeth from the front. So now if you go onto TikTok and you watch all these things about dentists brushing their own children's teeth, number one, they are almost always lying back on the bed or on the floor. And we are always behind them rather than in front of them. And that's because you have so much more control when you are behind a child because if you're in front of them, they just start moving backwards and their head starts going backwards. Whereas if you are behind them, you can support the actual movement with them. So brushing from the back is a really, really important thing. And as I said, you have to think about the actual anatomy and what happens. It's the back top surfaces of the teeth that you are aiming to get to. So I'm going to bring everyone back to one one big issue, which has, as a parent, really been topmost on my list and then as an educator. When you're there and you're trying to get your child's teeth brushed, you know, they're, they're autonomous and they love their independence. There you are wrestling the, the brush back and forth and you're in battle and you don't know what to do. Any tips on how we can approach what, what we sh- how we should be approaching besides the positive association what else can we do, Dr. Aguti, to get them in the position where we need to get this done? Okay, autonomy. You need to give them choices. So believe it or not, I probably have two or three brushes. So she gets to pick the brush. Sometimes she gets to pick what flavor toothpaste. Yeah. She always goes first. So she starts the brushing first. I'm not a big fan of screen time, but music. So whenever she's brushing her teeth, a song is being played. Brush your brush your teeth, using Google toothpaste, and why is the song That's an important? advert for Colgate. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm, not, I'm not advertising. You should be asking Colgate. <laughs> <laughs> it can be any brushing I song. I think we're going to add it to Explorers Brush Toothpaste. No, no, let's begin. No, music, music. Oh, okay. Music, music. Because the whole point of this is that she knows that she's not going to stop brushing until the music stops. So then you've already incorporated a length of the actual activity into the song. And she can brush as much as and as long as she wants. Because when we're talking about autonomy, she needs to feel as though she's in control of what's actually going on. And if she watches you brush at the same time, she will mimic. So if I start brushing like this, she starts brushing. She will mimic. When I say, when I'm opening, I'm trying to do the top bit, that's when she's going to struggle. But you said it, Camilla. So now I give her my toothbrush, and as she opens, I have a special, what I call, silicon brush, which is available and which is sold almost everywhere. And that brush is going to give you a lot of control. Because it's an almost like a finger puppet. For the babies. Okay, Dr. Gutu is now showing us the silicone. And it's it's really soft, but I can go in there while she's trying to brush my teeth and get to the top of those back teeth. This is for the babies, right? I use it all the way through to about four years. Okay. So for our audience, this looks like a finger puppet. So what what would we call it, Dr. We call it a silicone finger brush. Silicone finger brush. Yes, this is very interesting. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm able to go in, and you see, I keep saying the same thing, is those back teeth. Mm-hmm. That's where they're going to get the first hole, if they're ever going to get them. 
Wow. So that's what we need to be talking about. This is an eye opener. I love it. The other thing is prevention. So when they come to the clinic, we do fluoride varnishes. Fluoride is really, really important. So if twice a year we can put a high dose fluoride on their teeth just for two minutes, the chances of them getting a hole reduces by 70%. So was that, I'm trying to think back about, about the treatment that Platinum Dental Clinic Ghana has done for our, my children. And my children, flashy, gorgeous smiles mm -hmm. and healthy teeth. Mm -hmm. But um, was that what we did for Rena when we did the, the, the coating? So, so we did two things. We did fluoride varnishes and then we did these things called sealants. Right. And the those coatings are amazing. It's like a, a two-colored raincoat yes. that goes on the top of the back teeth. Now, it means that when they eat, the food is not sitting there. Right. It's sliding off. We did it quite early, Doctor. I'm not sure. So, what yeah. Is, so, we, we are trying early. to do them between the ages of six and eight. Yes. And what we do is that you need to remember that at the first time you do it, they're going to be moving. They're going to be excited. They're not going to keep still. So, we know that it's the second time that, from a dental perspective, we do it really well. And when we do that well... My sister, who's in her 40s, still has all her sealants in. And these are game changers, game changers. But you need to be careful because my nephews now go, but we have sealants on, we don't need to brush. <laughs> but to be fair, at age 27 and 24, under your care, they've not, they've had maybe one cavity? Yeah. Maybe one? Yeah. They're none. And that's it. You are, yeah. you are trying to get them through life. With absolutely, and honestly, okay. sealants are a no-brainer. It takes less than two, two a minutes. Platinum warranties them for for life, so we will continue replacing them and monitoring them. And for each individual tooth, it's reducing the chance of getting a hole by eighty percent. I'm like, why? You know, Wait, so why? we can all come and get sealants? Yes, sealants are amazing. And so this is the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, Dr. Okuto, and I'm glad that you accepted the offer. Because I wanted my explorer parents to fully benefit from your knowledge, uh, as my children have and as the explorer's children at the moment are. Um, so this is, this, is, this is the part I wanted to bring out, you know. Um, some, um, so there's just one last thing, yes. which, you know, we talked a bit about anxiety and having pedodontists. But one of the things that we have literally launched in the last two months is laughing gas. Hmm. So, <laughs> you want our kids to laugh now? <laughs> we have just launched that and we are the first place in Ghana to be doing that. Now, a lot of kids in the States will have a little bit of laughing gas if they need procedures done. So we're not talking about cleanliness and prevention, but unfortunately, you now have a hole in your teeth or we need to do some work and you're a little bit anxious. So laughing gas is amazing. It's so safe that that's what most of us had when we were actually delivering the kids. So that's how safe it is. And it's just a hood that you breathe through and it works for both adults and children, but we do it a lot for children. So we've introduced this for the anxious kids. It's not the first line. We are still going to work with them. But when it gets to the stage where they just need that little oomph to get over an actual you know, procedure, then we're able to introduce this. 
and get the procedure done whilst building confidence because we have to build the confidence. It's very important to remember that laughing grass is safe. All right, so we are almost out of time, but I want to do a quick pop quiz. So, um, electric or manual toothbrushing? Manual until the age of eight, then electric. Why? Because manual dexterity is really, really important, and they need to learn that. Um, But also, a lot of the electric toothbrushes, especially the character ones and the battery-operated ones, 80% of the time, not sufficient battery charge. So mm-hmm. they're actually not getting an ideal claim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we tend to prefer manual till around the age of eight and then do the switch. How often should my child be going to the dentist for checkup? Twice a year. Six months. Six months, unless told otherwise. So the dentist can say, no, I want to see them every four months, but standard is six months. When should children start flossing? Children and flossing. Flossing or flossing properly. So we say that once you've got adult teeth that are together, or once you've got teeth that are together. So any time the books will say between the ages of four and eight, the truth of the matter is that we prefer to leave it till about eight because the actual technique is not easy. They end up cutting their gums, bleeding, then deciding that they actually don't want to brush their teeth at all. So we need to make sure that it's positive. And when it comes to flossing, there are so many other things that are now better for cleaning in between the teeth, such as little brushes, which are easy for them to use, or water picks. We will discuss that later. We use a water pick. So I'm um, what kind of toothpaste do you recommend? Any toothpaste that has been approved. Children has to be age-specific, so zero to two, two to four. And make sure it has fluoride. Please, please, please. Herbal toothpastes. Miss the point because it's the fluoride that's actually important, especially as they are growing. What is your top tip for effective oral care for little ones? Effective oral care, start early, consistency, make it fun, focus on the top surfaces of those back teeth. Uh, Crystal, I know we're out of time, but I have one very pertinent question here and I have to bring it up. Dr. Akutu, when would you say we should begin our dentistry visits? At what age? Uh, adults or kids? <laughs> <laughs> we always say six months after the first tooth appears in the mouth and no later than the first birthday. Oh. You're wow. tiny. <laughs> six months? Six months after the first tooth appears. So that usually, if they have their first tooth coming through at around four or five months, then so this is a, this is why I bring it up because I've just been you know given a gorgeous 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 little grand nephew and uh, my ne- my nephew took little one to the dentist and he's very little mm-hmm. I was like wow yeah. why would they do that and that's why I wanted to ask you that very good point but so is that because of the associations you know it's wonderful play it's exactly that it's the opportunity to do play therapy. Right. It's the opportunity to have balloons up and the bubbles so that they get in that positive feel. It's, yes. it's so interesting. Even if you compare our generation to the next generation, the next generation have it significantly less fear because they were introduced early. You know, it's about playing with them and getting them to act as the dentist sometimes. Yes. So 